Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Karen Latimer. Thanks so much for joining me. This is Save the Change, the podcast where we acknowledge change is hard, but we work on it in bite-sized manageable pieces. Last week, I raised the possibility that the way we are encouraging our kids is toxic to their mental health. Counterintuitive, maybe. How can encouraging them be bad? Well, maybe it isn't, but for the sake of the kids, let's explore the possibility that it might be and see what we can do about it. Even if you are the most self-aware, laid-back parent, your kids are still getting lots of messaging from the outside world, from our society, all of which might be preventing them from enjoying robust mental health. In my home, I accept I'm at least partly to blame. I'm painfully aware when I say or do something that isn't great mothering. Knowing what I know about the importance of focusing on the moment, how this is one of the best antidotes to anxiety, shouldn't I be better? Well, yeah, of course I should, but I am only a human parent, flawed and worried and reactive. I do try though, which is all any of us can do. When I feel myself stressing about their future, a worry it seems sometimes I can do very little to control, there are strategies and steps to walk this back. The trick is recognizing what we say and do is important and to speak and act with intention. Not always, that would make parenting feel like a lot of work if we always had to think about it, but sometimes, when it feels it matters, you'll know when that is. Being an intentional parent does not mean you are perfect. It simply means you acknowledge your role in your child's health, both mental and physical, and you are thoughtful and proactive about improving it when you can. So how does this tie into purpose? It does, I promise. Stay with me and allow me to repeat the definition I quoted last week because I really just like it. This is from the World Health Organization. Quote, mental health is a state of well-being in which every individual is able to realize his or her own potential, can cope with the normal stresses of life, work productively, and make a contribution to his or her family and community. When I look at this through the lens of being a mom and I break it down, this is what I hear. First, a state of well-being in which every individual is able to realize his or her own potential. This part, for me, underscores the importance of seeing my children as individuals with specific strengths and weaknesses and being realistic about what they can achieve. To me, this means I can encourage them, but I should do so in the framework of what is actually possible. You know, I watched the Chiefs-Bills game, playoff, you know, playoff game the other night, and yeah, I would really love one of my kids to be Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey, but it's not happening. If I want tickets, I'm going to have to buy them myself. Two, can cope with the normal stresses of life. This tells me two things. I can and should prioritize stress reduction, but I also need to accept that they will have challenges and dealing with these will help them understand they are capable of doing hard things. If I want them to feel good, I need them to feel good about themselves. And the best way to feel good about yourself is to have confidence in your abilities and what you've achieved. Next, work productively. Yes, in school, their first priority is school, of course, and I want them to do their best, but it is important to help them find value in doing their best for what it means to them today, for simple gratification of a job well done. 
And finally, quote, make a contribution to his or her family and community. If I had to say the one area we are failing as a generation of parents the most, it would be here. Too often, our kids are told directly or indirectly their whole purpose is to find success later and that any present success is simply a stepping stone on a lake whose distant shore is actually invisible to them. Work is only valuable in what it sets you up for. Contributions to community are lines on a college application, more important for what they mean in the future than what they mean in the present. If we accept that joy is found in the present, because that is true, and if we want our kids to experience joy and be mentally well in their childhood, can we be intentional in helping them find the purpose in the now? I know we can, and I'm going to share just a few ways to make this more simple. These strategies can easily also be adopted to help anyone, including ourselves, redefine our purpose for today. I know some of you like acronyms. I do too, when I can remember them. I often can't remember the acronym, which kind of renders the whole thing totally useless to me. But in this case, the acronym came really easy. So if you are working on grounding yourself as a parent or as a person and want to remember this and need a way to remember it, you can think page, P-A-G-E, like maybe turn the page as a prompt. So first P, pause. There may be no greater tool in any relationship than simply taking a beat or a breath. We talk about it a lot in therapy and coaching as a tool to use when we are triggered by something. That breath is great. It gives us pause to respond more thoughtfully and appropriately. But what about when you aren't triggered, but rather excited? When your child is enthusiastic about something, how often do we interrupt because we get excited they are excited about something? Our parent brain too often hears, mom, I got a 98 on my English paper and jumps to, oh, maybe they are destined to be an author. And then we say something like, maybe you'll be a famous writer someday. We just inadvertently, of course, but we did just spoil a great moment by layering unnecessary, unnecessary pressure onto it. The grade is just about the grade and it feels good for them. Breathe. Then try something like, wow, that is so cool, well done. Secondly, A, ask. Be curious about what your child is going through right now. Ask open-ended but specific questions. Like in the English paper example, you might want to say something like, you know, wow, do you feel like telling me what it was about? Or what did it feel like when you saw that grade? Or so was that an interesting topic to you? Try not to discuss what this means bigger picture or to say, See, if you work this hard on everything, imagine how good all your grades would be. Your child is excited and proud. Let him stay there as long as possible. And when your child is having a hard time, questions that stick to the issue at hand are often far better at helping him through the tough stuff than those that assign even more importance to the difficulty. I mean, imagine you came home from work after a hard, frustrating day and your partner responded to your struggle with, Oh, geez, do you think you'll be able to keep your job? Or, yikes, how will this impact your bonus? Or maybe you should start looking for something new. It wouldn't feel good. Take a step back and be curious about what this means right now, but only right now. 
It is often the quickest way to feel better when we can explore this. Feelings will change, I promise. Regardless of what every show and movie would have us think these days, not everything needs to be a life lesson. And third, G in our page acronym, gratitude. No surprise, I know gratitude is a term um, as overused as wellness, but it is incredibly valuable and we cannot forget about it. Gratitude almost always happily lives in the moment. Being grateful for our health right now eases the fear of becoming sick down the road. When we are grateful for our family, it eases worries around other relationships. When we help our kids learn gratitude, we are almost by accident showing them the gift of the right now. The phrase, um, thank you in advance, is what we use to get people to do what we are asking of them, like, thank you in advance for your prompt attention to this. Practically speaking, it doesn't really make any sense. Appreciation is the work of today, not tomorrow. And finally, E, exemplify. I know, I'm sorry. As always, the hardest parenting strategy actually works. It is very, very true that your kids will do what you do, not what you say. So you can say, ah, oh, honey, don't worry until your throat is dry, but it will mean very little if your kids see you as a constant worrier. You can say, college doesn't matter, it isn't that important, but if you are constantly worried about their future and talking about it, they will be as well. Stay here with them. Talk about your small daily accomplishments and how they make you feel right now. Involve them in your glimmers, and when they're old enough, even in your triggers. Embrace the joy and the good it brings in the moment. Discuss the bad and then show them how you can let it go and move on. Lead by example. And as a bonus, you'll definitely feel better just by showing them how it's done. So generally, just be mindful that this overemphasis about who they will become is tarnishing who they are. Our children are already growing up too quickly. I mean, our 10-year-old girls are obsessed with skincare. They like take over Sephora after school. And our 10-year-old boys are checking out muscle-building workouts and heaven help us, who knows what else. All our kids are exposed to more than their growing minds can process. It's up to us to help them slow everything down and create the space to let them do the most important work of childhood. That is being a kid and enjoying all the freedoms and joy it brings. Okay, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Actually, just have a great right now.